It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. In 2011, the Atlanta-based Center for Disease Control and Prevention's National Center on Birth Defects and Developmental Disabilities joined with the Association of University Centers on Disabilities and the Health Resources and Services Administration's Maternal and Child Health Bureau to launch the Learn the Signs Act Early initiative to address skyrocketing rates of autism among American children. The program aims to improve early identification of children with developmental concerns so they can get the services and support they need as early as possible. 48 states, three territories, and the District of Columbia have an ambassador serving a two-year term with the initiative. And, Commissioner, we're very proud that the ambassador for the state of Georgia is our own Jenny Kuchar, DECAL Director of Practice and Support Services. We are proud that Jenny is uh, here at DECAL and and serving as Georgia's ambassador, and she's beginning her second term as an Act Early ambassador. And we're going to talk more about that in a moment. But Jenny, tell us about your background in early childhood education. What led you to DECAL first? Okay, um, I started out as an early childhood major, and then my husband got a job change and we moved to another city so I decided I would rather do special ed so I got my uh, undergraduate degree and my master's in learning disabilities and I taught kids in private school and public school and I also got to teach in a psychiatric hospital for 10 years Uh, and then my life kind of changed and I uh, got involved in early intervention so I started out as a developmental evaluator and then I did some work in the district and then came to work at the state office so I had worked in the district with our our inclusion specialist so when I heard that the job at DECAL was open, I thought it sounded like a really great opportunity to help move a program that was really helpful to us at the district level to a to a bigger place. Mm-hmm. So, and I exciting. happen to know you're from the heart of Georgia, well, Macon, I Georgia. Lived in Bibb, yeah, okay. Macon, mm-hmm. and and this is very close to your heart as well, though. This it subject is, area. yes, it is. When did you sort of discover that? Well, you know, when I was in my undergraduate degree, people were talking about something called infant stimulation, and so they talked about how infants with uh, disabilities like Down syndrome and that sort of thing and the kinds of things that you could do, but you couldn't get a job doing that and you couldn't find any training to mm. do that. It was really mostly something that was happening in the bigger cities. So when I heard about their need in early intervention, which was a relatively new program when I started in it, it was just really exciting to get to get that kind of training and, and do that job. Mm. So That's great. Um, did you want to give a shout-out to your school? A lot of people do. When I went this. to Georgia College for okay. both my undergraduate and graduate degrees. Very good. Yes. Got a lot of folks yeah, here that's right. yeah. from there. So, Jenny, how do you go about becoming an Act Early ambassador representing Georgia? Well, we had had a lot of opportunities to work with the CDC 
on this initiative in a lot of different informal kinds of ways. So actually, I was chatting with someone there, and they were bemoaning the fact that Georgia didn't have an ambassador. No one had ever applied to do that (laughs) for Georgia. So we started brainstorming ideas of who might apply, and they (laughs) said, how about you? And and we were already doing so much of the work that it just seemed like a really good fit. So I applied, and I was so Selected. We're going to say right place at the right exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Together. Georgia should have had one. I'm just yes, glad they it's should a have. Yeah. I'm glad it's a yeah. Well, you think CDC right here in Atlanta and right. um, the work that we're doing, they've proven to be great partners. And uh, so, yeah, they I'm are. glad that worked yeah. out. Yeah. Me too. So, you're a former special education teacher, and tell us from your perspective why is early intervention so important for children and their families? Oh, I mean, I don't need to tell you guys, especially <laughs> you. Um, how important early development is as a, a, a foundation for everything that happens to a kid through their life. So when you have good, solid early identification and really high-quality early intervention, that sets that developmental trajectory for those kids. So it really improves school success. Um that's the time what my mother used to say, strike while the iron's hot. That's mm-hmm. when you really should should be looking at that because that's the optimum time in a child's life to make those kinds of differences. Mm-hmm. And this is all relatively new, the effort. And uh, what are we learning about developmental milestones and um, how to approach the topic of developmental disabilities? Well, I think we've learned a lot about talking and partnering with families but one thing we've also learned is that we're not uh we're not identifying kids early enough Mm. so if you think about autism in 2018 in georgia one in 64 kids had a diagnosis of autism so you can get your they can do a diagnosis right around 18 months to two years but in georgia kids are typically three and a half to four years old before they ever get diagnosed and a lot of kids later and i think i read a study that said 86 percent of families of kids who have an autism diagnosis knew at two that something was really wrong, but they had a lot of trouble getting the professionals to really hear them. Mm -hmm. So I think we've got to do more. When we provide families with materials that put them on a more even playing field with the professionals, they can bring that that screener out and say, or bring that developmental milestones checklist out and say, hey, this is what I found. Now, please, let's go to the next step. Mm -hmm. And parents really need that. They do. That's definitely a good, and it's an easy resource for parents, too. And they're they're really very attractive, Mm -hmm. the the materials, and they're very easy to use, very family-friendly. We've had Bridget Ratichak on to talk Uh about some of those, and uh, all she had to say for me was phone app. Because yeah, that's yeah. got to be a great resource for parents, particularly and younger parents really today. To and for grandparents. And grandparents, of course. That's yeah. true. Well, I know I'm proud of the work that DECAL does, but tell us yes. how our work here yes. in Georgia compares with what's being done in other states. Well, they're, they're, we're really far ahead. I think the fact that we have our own early childhood agency, people in those ambassador meetings are always are just, what? You do what? <laughs> uh, but... 
Um, they also haven't focused as much with the Learn the Signs materials on child care as we have in Georgia. So some some states have done very small projects, but no one is really doing it on the scale that we're doing it. So they're very eager to hear about that um, and, and how they might replicate that in their state. Mm-hmm. Or And, you know, a lot of them don't even know about for instance, the child development block grant. Mm-hmm. So because they're we just communicate so well and have such a nice situation in our state mm-hmm. makes a big difference. Which are resources they should be taking advantage of. Yes, yes. And yet yeah. don't know about it. I'm curious about the the meetings and what it's like to serve as an ambassador. How often are you getting together with these other ambassadors well, and what's that of like? Of course there's someone from the North Mar- Mar- Marana Island. I don't even know how to pronounce that, but there are many people from pretty far away. So yep. we only get together once a year okay. for a couple of days at the CDC, but we have virtual quarterly meetings. And then Bridget and I are currently working with someone in another state to kind of look at some things that they're doing that we might be able to do here in Georgia. So we have a lot of those informal kind of ways of connecting and getting information. Mm -hmm. We were just talking with some folks about our quality-rated peer support network. In some ways, this is kind of like a larger-scale program like that where you can kind of share best practices, I guess. Right. And we're actually working on our own community-level ambassador system to kind of help some folks in other areas, in areas of our state, go into their community and provide the information that way. That's so right. we're going to have our own little ambassador cadre I'm telling as you, well. we're everywhere, yes. all across Georgia. We really Georgia. are. All we are. The all country. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So when you think about early intervention, who plays the most important role among caregivers, parents, physicians, or is it really everyone working together? Well, I think everybody has to work together, but in my mind, it's the families who play the most important role. We always forget that family, as a professional sometimes, we forget that families are the people who know their children best. We see a child in child care, long hours, but a very different situation from what they have at home. And so we've got to learn, we have to learn to listen to families. And families need to feel comfortable expressing those concerns and just being that squeaky wheel that just keeps coming back and saying, I know you said he would outgrow it, but I'm really worried about this. Here's some information I found. Can you please help me? Mm -hmm. So using the materials is really a good way for families to to be able to provide that information. So um, I have two daughters that are in their 20s, so it's been a while, but I remember when they were born, I felt a little defensive anytime <laughs> you know, someone might say sure. that my child was Definitely. less than uh-huh. perfect. Sure, yeah. And uh, I remember we went to the doctor. Until they got to be a teenager. And then, then I and totally agree. Then I was yeah. on board with them 100%. Yeah. I remember going to the doctor once, and my oldest daughter just had uh, like an upper respiratory infection, and the doctor said, well, she might have asthma. Well, it's not a horrible thing, but I was defensive, like, Mm -hmm. no, she doesn't have asthma. Uh So I'm wondering, like, when you're talking to parents who discover their children have developmental disabilities, what is their overall reaction? Is it – is there some denial? Is there fear? How would you describe it? I think it depends on the family. And we really don't talk about denial because families are where they are. Mm -hmm. And it's not up to me as the professional to – 
point out the fact that they aren't seeing the things in the way that I would like for them to see them. So, you know, I think families have different, some of them jump right in and, you know, get to get going and others have a more difficult time. But I think they have to remember that that developmental concern is only a very small part of their child. Their mm-hmm. child's mm-hmm. a child first. And then they also have to remember to listen to the experts, but remember that they are a full member of that team and that they are really the true experts in their child. And they got to learn, they got to feel like they can trust their gut. Mm-hmm. And go to, Amy asked the question a minute ago uh, about physicians teachers uh, should they bring these concerns yes yes and you mentioned something about the app a minute ago so if you use the app there is a way that you can email a summary of that developmental monitoring tool to your physician so you could send it to your you know a lot of physicians now have those online communication um, systems. Mm -hmm. You can send it there. You can send it to your child's teacher. You can email it to yourself so that you can print it out and have a copy for them. So it gives you a nice tool to use. And in fact, one of the materials that that the CDC has is a little question and answer document for parents about how to talk to your doctor Mm, mm how do you how do you you know discuss things with that particular professional and we always advise people to go back to their family physician because that 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 they know the child really well and can really help them figure out where to go for the next step relationship may be just as important with your child care provider oh yes yes yeah for sure they're watching your child every day uh-huh. and so maybe together yeah. when you well, have we were we were talking the other day about um a situation where a child care provider had kept saying to the parent i'm concerned you know talk to your doctor and sure and, and the parent kept talking to the doctor and um and finally they did come to the realization that there were some things going on but it was the child care provider that picked it up Mm. first of all. Amazing. And I'm sure that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. I want to give you a chance just for a minute to brag about your team. Uh, Jenny is our Director of Practice and Support Services, and you guys have really been expanding into a lot of like new areas. We that- have, yeah. We have um, in our inclusion uh, program, we're expanding um our numbers of staff. We're providing a warm line that providers and teach and families and others can call to get help. And in the past, our inclusion specialists have really pretty much stayed um, on general classroom practices. But we're going to have a a group of six who are going to get additional training in order to address. Um, individual behavioral needs of children in those classrooms. So they'll still be supporting the teacher, but they'll be helping them look at the behavior of the child and maybe what's causing it and things that they would be able to do to support that child's success. Um, And then with our infant toddler specialist, we have our little project. Hmm. Let's see, what is it? 
lifting infant toddler language through language rich environments. It spells little. <laughs> little. <laughs> Those acronyms. Uh, that is focused on responsive caregiving and language and literacy. And we have right now 163 uh, programs that are working with us, uh, 63 programs in 100 and more classes mm. uh, that are working with us on that project. So, That's great. And then we have, you know, lots going on in our child development work and, and other work. So I have a great team. They're always open to new ideas and problem-solving ways and projects that will really help move the needle with our teachers yeah. and kids. We've been fortunate to have several here on this program, uh-huh. yeah. and uh, none the least of which is Brandy Lacetta, who yeah, is a great ambassador great. Brandy for inclusion. Brandy is great. She is. So indeed. great team. Well, listen, Jenny, we are so proud of you and your role, and this is a two-year term. It is. Uh, can you up re-up after this, or what do you think? I'm, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Some of the ambassadors have been there since the very beginning, okay. so for three or four terms. Right. So I'm assuming you can. Well, we are proud of the CDC here in Atlanta, and now, folks, when you think about the CDC, you can think about Jenny Kuchar <laughs> serving as our Georgia ambassador. <laughs> and uh, thanks for everything you do. All right. Thank you. Now your questions from the water cooler. This is Elizabeth Holton. I am the Enforcement Unit Manager in CCS, um, and my question is around summer camps. I know it's getting to be that time of year, and a lot of our parents and families are thinking about enrolling their kids in summer camp. Um, And as a child, I had really wonderful experiences at the summer camp. I attended it. It was in Dahlonega. It's called Camp Glisten, and I just always really loved it. And so I was curious if you ever went to summer camp as a child and if you had fun memories or kind of, you know, just if you had any personal experience with it. So it sounds like you had a lot of fun at your summer camp. Camp, camp Listen. Listen. We're going to check I've it heard, out. Yeah, I should look into that. So <laughs> so to be completely honest, I never really did a whole lot of summer camps. I mean, there was a little vacation Bible school here and there. Um, but Which is kind of like a summer camp. Right. Yeah. So I was either working um, at my parents' child care centers, helping them out during the summer, or um, I played travel softball. So we would be traveling all over the state and region doing that. So I didn't really have a whole lot of time for summer camp, but I'm making time for my children to do camps. Well, be safe and have exactly. fun this summer. Time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. You've heard the podcast. Now answer this question correctly. You'll be entered into a drawing for a nice prize. Here's the question. Act early. Learn the signs is an initiative by the CDC and what association? Act early. Learn the signs is an initiative by the CDC and what association? It's a tougher question, so you may have to go back and listen again. Email your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. And thanks for playing. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.